Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Black and White Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quentin Corkuel. Joining me on this lovely Friday evening, a man who has not been on this podcast for a while. I think he his last appearance was on episode two or three when we talked college football. Fresh out of the business department of the Black and White, Will Vanderwall. Will, how are you? I'm doing well. It is a nice Friday. Isn't it? It's very yeah, warm. it is rather warm for a late November. First of all, before we get to the main topic of today, how was your Thanksgiving yesterday? Uh, my Thanksgiving was was great. For lunch, I had sort of like non-traditional mm-hmm. food. And then dinner, hit it hard with the stuff and sweet potatoes and duck, not turkey. Duck? Really? Yeah. Is that, have you always had duck for Thanksgiving or is that a, is that a new thing this year? Uh yeah, it's uh, I've had it past like five, six years. It's very good. Nice duck breast. Nice, nice, nice. Did you? Ha- was it just? Uh, was it just you and your immediate family? Uh yeah, just me and my immediate family. A dog joined for a little bit. <laughs> now, but good choice, good choice. Because uh, uh, traveling, you never know what you could get with the virus and everything. All right, enough Thanksgiving. Let's get to the main topic of today. NBA free agency. It is free agency Friday. The heat of free agency is basically wrapped up. I mean, unless there's something else happens. Um, and I have some burning questions that need to be answered from this free agency, which was not as wild as and action-packed as 2019, obviously, but there were still some fireworks. So I want to get to mm-hmm. the first question. Will, what was your favorite contract of free agency? We had, we, had a, we had a few bad ones, but which one was your favorite? Yeah. Um, I don't know, immediate contract, I'll be honest, I thought about mm-hmm. this for a while, and I didn't really know. It might be one of the deals that the Hawks made. I think the Hawks getting Rajon Rondo is an absolutely just great pick because you can just put him and you can have Trey Young uh, more as a shooting guard, even though he gets the assist. But the flexibility that gives him plus the defense, and then they also added Chris Dunn as Mm -hmm. well. Great defender. I think think that. I mean, I know a lot of the – there were definitely a lot of trades that I liked more than contracts. Let's let's talk about that for a second. What's what's a trade that you really liked? I absolutely love uh, Landry Shamit going mm. to the Nets. I think that he was an absolutely huge part. Uh, when the 76ers had him, he was great for, I mean, what did they have him for half a season and they trade him to yeah, the but... Clippers? Uh, he was great in the playoff run last year for the Clippers. This year, he was doing well. I think he still shot 40% from three. And just adding whatever pieces you can to that uh, Nets team, which is already role player heavy as well, is great. Yeah, the Nets, I certainly think, I mean, obviously they have the superstars in KD and, and Kyrie, but as long as they have a good, solid supporting cast around them, I think they're in great position to take over at least one of the top three spots in the East. Going back to your, the, you said you really liked the Hawks signings of, would you say, Rajon Rondo and, and Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that a little more later. I have a, a hawk specific question, um, mm-hmm. but I will. I'll I'll give my favorite contract. There were there were a few candidates. I'm going to go with Christian Wood 
three years, $41 million to the Houston Rockets. Wood really blossomed last year in Detroit, which is a rather rare sighting, a Detroit Piston blossoming. Who knew? Who knew? I might say he found, he found the parts to the rest of the car. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, very versatile. He's a great floor spacer, especially at 6'9". He's a great pick and roller. He can shoot the three ball, which is absolutely essential to a Houston Rocket shot. About 39, just a little under 39% from three last year. And considering what some of these other contracts were for players around Wood's skill level, that seems just so bloated. I would definitely call this a win for the Rockets in an offseason where not a ton went great. I mean, Harden and Westbrook both seemed to have wanted out. And you had other guys like P.J. Tucker being unhappy with their their playing time. And this is all under a new coach and Steven Silas, which he definitely did not get a great end of the stick. The only thing with Christian Wood, he's going to have to prove himself on a team with multiple superstars, which he absolutely mm-hmm. did not have to do in Detroit. I mean, Blake Griffin is, is good. But he, he's nowhere near the superstar he was with the Lab City Clippers. Will, would you call this mm-hmm. a good offseason for Houston? Um, you know, for the pieces that they added, yes. I just remembered that they signed DeMarcus Cousins to a one-year veteran yeah. minimum deal, which I think is a great – I mean, it's not really a gamble, to be honest. He can be your backup center, and he's probably better than – Majority of the backup what, centers what, anyway. What backup? But, they literally do not have a player over six nine. That sorry, <laughs> they're ba- sorry. they're backup I'm, when I'm a, small forwards. Yeah, I mean, I meant like just a backup yeah. bench piece, even if he's not, because he's come off just the worst injury you can come off of in an Achilles injury, and then he tore his quad and he tore his ACL last year. I mean, he's looking like D Rose in his prime. Ah, um, but. Yeah, the Rockets adding pieces, great offseason. The Rockets, like, internally, absolutely horrible. I mean, you're already getting a completely new system because um, moving on from GM mm-hmm. Daryl Morey, moving on from Mike D'Antoni, and then to add the fact that Harden wants out, uh, Russell Westbrook has said that he wants out, or, like, inconsistent, like they said, like, they want it out, and then they're staying, and then they want out again. I don't know, there's just whole lot of drama i would honestly call good for the rockets just maintaining a functioning team if harden Mm -hmm. and westbrook look at this team this upcoming season and are convinced they can do something with the team they have i would believe that's a huge win for the rockets because obviously no one likes having a disgruntled superstar especially considering the rockets that have I don't want to say blown multiple opportunities, but they've certainly been stonewalled the last few years, especially mm-hmm. with the Warriors and and the Lakers. But yes, considering the pieces that they have added, just in terms of free agency, I I would mm-hmm. call this a solid offseason. Internally, yes, there there are still a lot of things to work out. But just in terms of free agency, yeah. I would I would call this a fairly good offseason. Well, on the other hand, what was your least favorite contract? We have a lot of candidates here. 
which one stuck out to you the most? I mean, the one that I can't get over, and I don't know how. It's the Gordon Hayward concept, yeah. man. I mean, good for Gordon Hayward. You got your money after coming off of one of the worst TV injuries I think I've Absolutely. ever seen, especially basketball stand of view, uh, point of view. Um, but it's four years, a hundred and twenty. What is it? Yeah, twenty million. Yeah, a hundred and twenty. Uh, I don't think it's a player option in the last year. And he's already 30. So, wait, you're going to be paying him when he's 34, a ridiculous sum of money for a team that isn't going anywhere with Gordon Hayward? I mean, they seem like they're – I want to just call this a mix, but what I mean is um, getting older superstars rather than just letting their players develop. This was a Knicks. This absolutely was a mix. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Have you ever heard any NBA free agent say, you know what looks like a really intriguing and fun place to play basketball? <laughs> Considering all of the cities and places I could possibly play, I want to play in Charlotte. And I don't care how much money I get. The answer is no. You have never heard that in the history of the NBA. No player has ever said that ever. So, Actually, this what? It's probably the best free agent signing of ever. Of all time? If you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's Gordon Hayward. But when you think, I don't know how many max free agents they've signed. I mean, I know they've had the worst record in NBA history ever, even though it was a lockout season. But it's the only player I can think of that's ever signed with the Charlotte Hornets. For that for that much of a sum of money and for that long mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. but i agreed that 30 million a year over 4 years is definitely a lot but it's charlotte they mm-hmm. absolutely have to overpay for guys like mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward definitely so yeah obviously first of all props to Gordon Hayward for getting the bag especially considering mm-hmm. the basketball situation he's in right now yep however his production has not been the same since he was in Utah. He has definitely not been the same player since he was in Utah. I think the thing that definitely drove up his price tag was I think like the seven or eight games he played before the season shut down. He looked like his old self. He was attacking the basket. He was drawing fouls. He was just that tenacity seemed to be coming back a little bit. And I think that's definitely something that factored into him getting $30 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think in Boston he was more of a piece, whereas in Utah he was the team. Yes. So that – I mean, in terms of a standpoint, when you look at just base numbers, definitely fallen off. But also he got injured – what was it, this playoffs too and uh, didn't able, was not able to come back for a while? Him, him – like, it was a minute-by-minute update of Gordon Hayward being injured. Like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? How is mm-hmm. he feeling about this? Like it was just a it was just a big thing throughout the whole Celtics playoff run. But yeah, he's he's been banged up a lot over his past mm-hmm. few years. Yeah. And another thing I want to double click on just Boston. This is I think the third time they've let I don't want to call Gordon Hayward a superstar, but a a big money player mm-hmm. walk in return for nothing. So, 
the first one is Isaiah Thomas. I mean, obviously they got Kyrie Irving, but then they let Kyrie Irving walk. He goes to the Nets. Well, Kyrie Irving walks, you get Kemba. But not like directly. Like if they had traded for, if they directly traded with Charlotte mm-hmm. for Kemba, then yeah, I would call that getting a return. I wouldn't wouldn't call Kyrie necessarily walking. Like yes, they didn't get anything for him, but you know that you're going to replace him with Kemba in the back of your mind. With Gordon Hayward, yes, complete walk. And you can say Al Horford too. Um. Because I would consider that a walk. Wait, what was the? Was it a free agent signing for him, or was it a trade? Uh, free agency. So yeah, this is sort of a problem. I mean, obviously they just locked up Jason Tatum for five years, one hundred ninety-five million. I want to get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing these guys kind of leave Boston without getting too much in return. Do you think this is an issue? No, I think it um, – what is it, like a too much wealth at a certain point? I mean, with Kyrie, they've had, like, way too many good players, and there's just – the ball can't go around. I mean, Kyrie's ball dominant. Jason Tanner's ball dominant. Gordon Hayward at his time in Utah was ball dominant. And right now they've just – the only two real ball dominant players – Kemba Walker and uh, Jason Tatum because John Brown plays off ball really well. Plus, in return, mm-hmm. the return investment, I guess you could say, is Jeff Teague. And they didn't really, I guess they had Terry Rozier, but Terry Rozier in the regular season wasn't scary Terry. But now they got Teague instead of Brad Wanamaker for this year. Yes, so, I think I think that's a definitely an upgrade. But yeah, I think it's they had too much wealth from all the draft picks. And yeah, now I think in tw- over the next few years, that core of I think Tatum, Brown, Smart, and Kemba, it's going to get expensive because I think you got Smart. Or, they're all they all have chances to leave mm-hmm. within the next two years, and the Celtics are going to have to decide have to decide what they want to spend on. Um, I and just what they want to prioritize. I, the only one I think can move smart because Kemba just got his long deal last year. They signed Brown for a max extension. Same thing last year, and Tatum just got his money. So over the next few years, it, it's going to get expensive. Mm-hmm. That's that's the main thing I want to take away. Eventually, so yeah, eventually. Do you think? Last thing on the Celtics. How open do you think the window still is? for a championship in Boston. Like, as in how soon do they have to win one? Before, not not necessarily before they have to blow it all up, but they have to move on from the core they currently have. Oh, I think you've got a while. I mean, I would say it's not a bust unless by the end of Tatum's current contract, because I think he's the main one that's, uh, essentially churning out all the production or production. If you haven't made, or obviously if you even won one championship by the time his contract's up, definite bust. Well, I don't think you start blowing it up at any point. Oh, during absolutely it, not. At any point during his contract. I think after his contract, you got to reassess what you have. 
but during it, I don't, I don't see anything moving. Yeah, I certainly think Tatum can be a top six or seven player. I want to get to him in the max contracts in a little bit, mm-hmm. so I want to save my my Tatum spiel for later. But going back to Gordon Hayward, yeah, the worst thing about this contract, they just freed themselves of Nick Batum and his historically terrible contract. And then they take on this contract, which is basically – so Charlotte basically just cleaned up their horrible – contract wine spill on the carpet and then just spilled an equal a possibly equally worse contract mm-hmm. right back onto the carpet yep so i want to get to the horns in a little bit too mm-hmm. but yes i do agree with you in that this wasn't a very good contract mm-hmm. i'm gonna move on to mine that was definitely in contention again i wanted to get to the horns a little later there were as with my favorite contracts, my least favorite contracts, had a few contenders too. I'm going to go with the hometown Wizards giving Davis Bertans $80 million over five years. Mm. This has Nicholas Batum written all over it. I mean, I got a better one. Putting sorry. Oh man! All right. Hate, well, hate... let me let me give let me give my spiel okay. first. Sorry. I just got a better comparison. Are you about to say like Allen Houston it's, or something? It's Ian Mahimi all over again. Oh my God! Yes, that's all I was going to say. You got it. So yeah, Bertans is a he, is, he's a fine he's a fine player, but he's putting up less than like seventeen a game on a losing team. But he's getting sixteen million dollars a year for five years. That mm-hmm. might rot like an apple mm-hmm. at around year two or three. If, and especially if the Wizards do decide to blow things up with John Wall and potentially Brad Beal. We'll have to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But this feels like one of those contracts that looks all right now, but it's going to look – it's going to start looking awful as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget. What was, what was Mahimi's contract? Uh, he got a max deal at that time. I want to say – Seventeen million a year, just about uh, for four. So. so that's a little more than Bertans. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bertans. All right. I do agree. Bertans is a much better player, with all due respect to Jan Mahimi. Mm-hmm. But I think this contract is just way too much, mm-hmm. and that's all I have to say. Yeah, I just I don't see it panning out. One said, I don't remember, but um, oh, for a mediocre team, go to the Wizards. Like, <laughs> it stinks because it's home We're a team a, that have been good. They just have who's making a lot of bad. Yeah, it, Washington's a fun city to be mediocre in, at least. At least you're not st- you wouldn't be stuck in like Sacramento or I don't know Charlotte. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck on a mediocre team, yes, I do agree. Be stuck in Washington. All right, let's transition over now to a team that has made some rather questionable moves. Mm-hmm. 
Motor City, baby. The Detroit Pistons. So, Will, I'll let you give a spiel on the Pistons. And after, I have a couple of theories on why the Pistons did what they did. Mm-hmm. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. Well, if you are any person of a tall stature, it seems like the Pistons is a pretty easy landing place for where you can go and get paid and probably be forced to sit on the bench with the abundance. I mean, other than when Oklahoma City Thunder stacked up a whole bunch of centers, we're actually able to do something with them when they created their super ultimate death lineup against the Warriors. But whoa, <laughs> the Detroit Pistons, their roster just doesn't make any sense. I mean, they still have – don't they still have Blake Griffin? Yep. Yeah. I, for a second, I thought they traded him. Yeah, they still have Blake. Um, they still have – or they traded Luke Kennard. But, I don't know, didn't they – who did they draft again? So they drafted Killing Hayes, Sadiq Bay, and Isaiah Stewart. And Stewart's a big man. Ah, well, I did like their draft because Sadiq Bay, I feel like, is going to be great return on investment. Villanova player, always yep. going to play well. But, yeah, I just – I it makes no sense. <laughs> so I have two theories on why this offseason went the way it did for Detroit. Theory number one. There are two different people running the offseason for the Pistons. They had one person for the draft and mm-hmm. one for free agency mm-hmm. because they had such a great draft. I, I mean, they were definitely one of the winners of the draft. They snagged Killian Hayes at, what was it, seven? Mm-hmm. Who I think could definitely, if we do redrafts of the 2020 draft in a couple of years, I think he can certainly find himself mm-hmm. in the top five or even the top three. And then later in the first round, I think Sadiq Bey could have easily gone in the early teens, but they got him in the late teens, which I think could absolutely be a steal. As you said, Villanova guy proves himself as a scorer. He's a big body for, I think, a, either a three or a four. And he's definitely got explosion potential. And then Isaiah Stewart, who was a very fine big man mm-hmm. at Washington, I believe, who I think also could have gone a little bit earlier. But, yeah, their draft was awesome. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, in free agency, they just decided to really shore up the front court and make sure they had enough big men to compete in the NBA Finals with whatever big man is thrown their way from the West. Yeah. Um, and then theory number two, the Pistons are drunk slash high slash both and thought it was the 70s and 80s again where big men were the most valuable assets in the NBA. So they signed Mason Plumley, three years, $25 million. Jeremy Grant, three years, $60 million. Jalil Okafor, two years, three point, around $3.9 million. They also pick up, I believe, Dwayne Dedman. Um, DeLong Wright. Picked up Dedman. They picked up uh, – they also picked up – well, DeLong Wright's not a, not a big man. I'm just going through the big man oh, right now. okay. They did pick up Deadman, so now that is, let's see. Plus, whoever they were currently rostering. Uh, yeah, so they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, six, nine or taller, 
on their roster. And that does not include Jeremy Grant, who is listed at 6'8". So, yeah, they're, that's not breaking news. I mean, you've already heard it. Their roster is stacked with big men. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like you said, I have no effing clue what the goal here is. <laughs> like, Jalil Okafor, I'll just quick note on him, I thought he was going to be way better, but then the league started shooting threes at a historic rate, and he just couldn't catch up. Mm-hmm. I loved him at Duke. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but I I just thought he that was a that was a pretty bad take on my part. I thought Jalil Okafor was going to be way better, but I think a lot of people are in the same boat as me. I think a lot of lot of people are in the same boat as you. I mean, I wasn't one of those people because I didn't watch a whole lot of Duke basketball at that time. And to be honest, that entire draft was like I felt like really good going in, but it was kind of just underwhelming. But yeah, I mean, with Detroit, I don't know. I, I think that your first theory might be right, that there's two different people trying to play general <laughs> manager, because it would make sense. You got, like, not the that the other person who made all the wrong decisions, essentially, took part in free agency, but there are some, like, free agency moves that might actually... I mean, they signed... If you take away half of the center moves that they make and only make the other half. Great free agency, just some, their other general manager, we'll call him the dark side, or I guess the taller one, just decided to sign a whole bunch of centers. I mean, they got Josh Jackson. I think he will get some return on investment. I mean, Phoenix isn't the greatest place to develop, unless you're Devin Booker, I guess. And uh, Grant's a great role piece. And, I mean, on that team, he's probably going to be starting, but well, I don't know. Th- That's the thing. The Jeremy Grant thing confused me a little bit because his main motive, he said, signing with Detroit is that he wanted a bigger role on the team. Mm-hmm. Going from Denver to Detroit, mm-hmm. just just the location move – Obviously, we'll see how that pans out and if Jeremy Grant actually gets an increased role, especially with guys like Blake Griffin and Siku and even maybe Sadiq Bay competing for starting spots in the front court. If he doesn't, if he ends up not getting the amount of playing time that he wanted, because he was a he was an integral piece of the Denver Nuggets last year, especially in the bubble. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't get his wanted amount of playing time, I think that may be a huge mistake because Denver offered the same amount, but mm-hmm. he just chose to go to Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But, yes, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening in Detroit. I don't think anyone knows what's happening in Detroit. All we know is that they are shooting for the rebounding title and that they will just have the tallest team in the NBA. Watch them end up eighth in rebounding. Or, like, yeah, like ninth behind, like, the Rockets. <laughs> All right, let's transition now to another team that's been at the basement of the Eastern Conference for a little bit now, the Atlanta mm-hmm. Hawks. They mm-hmm. had a very action-packed free agency, yep. which brings up the question, what is Atlanta's ceiling this year? Mm. I could see them – best spot I could see 
I think it would be fifth. Because what you got, or guess that you got the Celtics ahead of them, obviously. The Nets probably, like barring Durant on how healthy he is. Sixers will definitely do better than regular season. Miami Heat, maybe Pacers, maybe, but we'll we'll but, throw them we'll throw them in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I see them seed five or seed six. I mean, they're definitely making the playoffs this year. You forgot Milwaukee. I forgot Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> We're just gonna skip past me forgetting that. I could still see them as a fifth seed. Um, I don't know. I feel like. In my opinion, Brooklyn's going to be um, under, at least for their because it's their first regular season with everyone together, plus everyone coming back. I see them as fourth or fifth seed with definitely more like, a better chance of winning the championship than being a higher seed. But, yeah, I think fifth seed for Atlanta Hawks. I think the best move that they made um, is getting – which one is it? Bohan? Bojan? Bogdan. Bogdan. There's so many of them. Um, getting him because they also stole him from uh, the uh, box. Uh, robbery. And it's a great – he's a great player who just doesn't get a lot of airtime because he's playing in Sacramento. And especially on the East Coast, I'm not watching Sacramento. But, uh, yeah, he was a great player there and he's going to be a great addition. So this roster is completely different from last year's mm-hmm. roster. And I think this is definitely going to be a league pass team. They're going to be oh, yeah. really thrilling to watch. Especially when you consider just how many guys they have that could realistically get minutes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the Haw- so the Hawks ownership is allegedly putting the front office and the coaching staff on a short lease to make the playoffs, which I personally mm-hmm. think could be a huge mistake because this Hawks team mm. is a cake that needs to bake. There is a lot of raw talent that needs to develop. And just giving up on guys like Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, who, by the way, were drafted specifically to complement Trey Young, giving up on them mm-hmm. too early, I think, would be foolish. And it'll be interesting to see where guys like Kevin Herter and Reddish and Hunter, and even guys like John Collins, who allegedly wants mm-hmm. a max deal, will he get it? <clears throat> John, you're going to have to prove a lot of people <laughs> wrong, my man. Um, but, yeah, there's just so much stuff within this Atlanta squad. It'll be so fascinating to see how it all sifts out throughout the season because I can't imagine mm-hmm. Rajon Rondo is going to want to sit on the bench for a while while they want a more offensive lineup. And let's say Young, they got Bogdanovich. Gallinari, who I haven't even mentioned yet, say Collins and Kongwu, Mm -hmm. who they drafted, is another piece to the Mm -hmm. puzzle. And so I think the ceiling... They also got Clint Capella. And look at all these guys that we're naming. And (laughs) like three of them are going to get 10 minutes a game, probably. 
which is really unfortunate because yeah. those three could probably get 25 for the Knicks, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> so I think the ceiling yeah. is definitely playoffs if everything works out. I mean, we mentioned the teams that are probably going to make it, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, Indiana, Philly. So that's seven right there. So Atlanta's probably – if that goes the way we think it is, it's going to be Atlanta – I'll throw in Charlotte and I'll throw in Washington, not Cleveland, mm-hmm. New York, Detroit, Chicago. You know what? Sure. I'll throw them in too. So you got Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, Chicago competing for the last seed. Who, if you put a gun to my head and said, who's going to be the eighth seed out of those four, I would probably pick Atlanta because mm-hmm. they've got more impact players. Bogdanovich, the Serbian stud. He obviously did not get a lot of national exposure playing for the Sacramento Kings, who are not only a terrible team, but play on the West Coast. So half of America mm-hmm. is asleep when they play most of their games. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they thefted him from both Sacramento and Milwaukee, so I think that was a huge addition. Gallinari, he showed yeah. out for the Thunder last year, especially in the bubble. Do you think they gave, up, do you think they gave him too much? I think it was three years, $61 million. I, he is 32, but Gallinari peak days before his injury was so, so, so good and so, so, so underrated. I mean, he really just, he was a pure scorer that deserved about all the money that he got. And it was just injuries that just held him back. So, yeah, I do think that he deserves his money. Do you think there's a former Nick on every single NBA team? Because I actually think there is. Uh, Fun fact, the past 32 NBA finals or NBA championships, there has been a Knicks player on that roster. Former Knicks player. (sighs) Now, how happy does that make you feel? (laughs) Not very. I mean, for the past, like, for the past eight or nine, it's been, like, J.R., so, yeah, sure. So, nah. He was, yeah, he was, he was good on the Knicks. He he was in the That's he was true. in the heyday of 2011 through 2013. Can't uh, mm-hmm. gotta gotta love Jr. Him and God. I was reminiscing today. Quick little side note about that team. I mean, obviously, I was like mm-hmm. seven, eight years old, but God, Tim, Mello, Tyson Chandler, Jeremy Lin, Steve Novak. Since- Mike Bibby ah, that was so much fun <laughs> one little fun fact the one Knicks game I've gone to at Madison Square Garden was the Carmelo Anthony game winner against the Bulls ooh that was a good dude, one dude that was probably a top three Knicks game of like the decade I'm serious nah, or if you put all of Linsanity sure but if I could go back in time and watch any NBA game, peak Lynn Sanity in Madison Square Garden. Him and uh, him and Co- mean, him and I'm... Jeremy Lynn and Kobe Bryant going back and forth, mm-hmm. and the Knicks won. I think. I think the Knicks won that game, even though Kobe put up an amazing performance. Jeremy Lynn was just—I that's the that is the single greatest run a player will ever make, in my opinion, because of how. 
just much the whole world was captivated. Especially because he's from, I mean, the only other Chinese, like, super-duper star, Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think because David Stern had done such a great job of spreading the NBA mm-hmm. globally, especially mm-hmm. in China, I think that's oh, yeah. definitely helped what catalyzed what was just a two- to three-month wave of Linsanity. I think I still have my towel in my closet somewhere. My my Linsanity towel. That's, that's I know. awesome. Alright, back to... That should be, that should be framed. <laughs> back to the harsh realities of 2020. This Atlanta Hawks team is going to be extremely oh, yeah. intriguing because you've got all different kinds of guys who can get minutes and guys that bring a vast... They bring a wide range of skill sets. I mean, Chris Dunn when he's on the floor, he's going to be a great defender for a Hawks team that I think might have been the worst defensive team in the league. Or is that Washington they or Cleveland? They, uh, they were at least bottom three, I think. I th- and it might have been Washington. I know Washington at one point was rocking the number one offense and the number one oh, defense. Oh, yeah, that was insanity. <laughs> that was insanity. And then you got guys like Trey Young, score, but he's going to hamstring mm-hmm. on the defensive end. You got Guys like yeah. trying to think. I, I think it'll be really in- interesting to see what they do with John Collins, especially mm-hmm. with all the guys in the team. So I'm going to be looking out for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was a successful free agency, in your opinion, for the Hawks? For the yeah. Atlanta Hawks? Uh, yes. I think now they got very good. They got a whole bunch of veterans. And if you pan it out, pretty much every – Young guy has some veteran for the uh, to look forward to, or to look towards, like to have Gallinari. them develop behind. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Gallinari. Yeah, Gallinari. You've got Cam Reddish. Maybe throw a little bit of DeAndre Hunter in the mix. Trey Young's going to pick up a whole bunch of just basketball IQ things from Rondo. Oh my God! Just a certainly. beacon of That's knowledge. That's going to be awesome to watch if Rondo feeds a little bit of his intellect into Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially. Honestly, if he can just give Trey Young just a cheat sheet on how Rondo defends, I mean, obviously his frame and stuff completely de- uh, depends on it. But if he can, Rondo, I know in his back pocket, has got to have every single player's exact <laughs> angle that they dribble the ball towards. He's like, he's like LeBron, after he does it in between and goes for a hezzy, he's dribbling at a 32-degree angle. I know he has something like that. He has to. Wow, I wouldn't be surprised if if that if that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just uh, passing angles. I mean, if you could watch those drills and practice, Rondo's probably throwing them behind his head and in between his legs, even though that's physically impossible. He, on on a dime to someone. I think that's definitely going to be a great developmental situation for Trey Young. Mm-hmm. All right, let's close it out, or just with the Hawks section. Yes, this is going to be a fun team to watch. It'll definitely be interesting to see how this all these guys sift out throughout the season. Next up, oh yeah, max contracts. I think there were five of them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Tatum, Mitchell, Fox, Adebayo, Ingram. Are you talking about uh, 2016 draft? Essentially? 17. Oh, that was 17. Yeah. So, yeah. I, um, did I miss anybody? 
well, going back previously, you've also got or this free agency was them, but then I'm just talking about this free agency. Uh, yeah. Okay. With that being considered, which of those max players do you think is going to be the best payoff? Tatum. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. If we're playing or if we're arguing everyone for everyone's case in terms of how we would rank them, I think it goes Tatum with a second at Mitchell. And then I would say it drops off. And I would put uh, Ingram in that third spot mostly because – I mean, not the most consistent player. His best year was just this past year. But I think he finally found um, the system that works found well rhythm, for him. Yeah. Playing, yeah, playing off of – or he's going to essentially be playing off of Zion. And although they're uh, height-wise similar, technically listed at similar positions, their games are completely different and I think complement each other. Even though they're both, like, kind of ball-dominant, I would say Zion is. But – Zion just needs to grab the rebounds off of any anger miss and just dunk it over 8,000 people. So, I, I don't think there's much to argue here with Tatum. I think Mitchell's a close second. I think Utah will certainly be mm-hmm. building around him for the next few years. But Tatum, I think, has top mm-hmm. five potential. Just the leap he's made since his rookie year is honestly unbelievable. He's just so smooth with the ball. He's a, he's a smooth criminal with the ball. He's... Just the way he dribbles, the little sidestep, just his release. It's smooth, but it's lethal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think I mean, he's definitely the the player that I think will be the best payoff, especially considering the Celtics, who are obviously going to be contending for championships over the next five years. At, at least. They probably still got draft picks. That are just, that are just, just, just going to sit have... on the roster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean I I know they at least have a Grizzlies pick or something else. Well, it's going to be a coin flip and then they're going to lose up. and then the Grizzlies are going to get a generational talent cuz they won the coin flip cuz that's what happens with every Celtics pick over the last few years. It's either a coin flip is in they are great or a coin flip is in they bust. Well, they missed out on Tyler Hero last year cuz it was a coin flip with them and the Heat. And the Heat won. Right. I don't want to say Tyler Hero is going to be a generational talent, but he certainly helped the Heat beat the Celtics, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I want to go to the huh. least. Let me one sec. Let me go back yeah. for one second. So I just realized the the Heat now have that's two draft stores between the Heat and the Celtics. You have that one, and then you have the. All too famous, uh, oh, my God, kid from a lot of Duke, a lot of hair, shoots threes. Uh, starts with a J. This is not – went to the heat. Oh, kid my God. with a lot of hair, shoots threes from Duke. Are you talking about every Duke player under six foot six? <laughs> um. That's going to drive me nuts. Uh, yes, I'm talking about literally every Duke player under six foot six. It's not. It wasn't Kyle Singler. He never played for the Heat. Anyway, there. Um, the Celtics at one point wanted to offer about seven draft picks for him. 
doing it, and it was probably the best decision they ever <laughs> made because said player did not turn out to I'm be. To th- was it like Wojcik? Wodzie- as like good Wojcikowski? as No, no. John Shire. <sighs> No. Damn. All right. It, you'll pro- you'll probably just, remember it just, like okay. at one in the morning tonight. I'll, I'll so, ye- just let me know when you figure it out. I'll just ye- I'll just yell a name in the middle of the podcast, and you're just gonna be like, <laughs> "It's that guy." <laughs> so. All right. Anyway, yes. Continue. Any, wait. What did you say? C- oh, continue okay. on what you were saying. Oh, um, but yeah, they uh, were going to trade like seven of their future draft picks for him, including some of the Nets picks, if I remember correctly, which would have turned out to be Tatum. And the Miami Heat said no. Good move. Or either Miami Heat said no, or someone backed out of it at the end. And it probably would have been the worst decision so- ever made. Sounds, Danny, sounds like some Ricky Williams type stuff that didn't actually happen. So yeah. I want to get into yep. which of these max players do you think is not going to be a great payoff or is going to be the worst payoff? Uh, of the ones who got uh, max extension? Justice Winslow. Uh-huh. Now, nah, just the, just this off, just this off season. That... No, 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 no. Justice Winslow was the name. Sorry, that is just Horrible not a timing. white guy that shoots threes. I mean, he's from Duke. <laughs> what the hell? I didn't say what... you definitely I didn't said say white, white guy. guy. I, I, <laughs> either I'm tripping, or you definitely said white guy from no. Duke who shoots a lot of threes. <laughs> I no, I said. I said shoots a lot of threes because if I remember correctly, Duke, he did shoot a lot of threes, even though he didn't turn <laughs> into that great of a shooter in the NBA. Okay, all I'm saying, yeah, you definitely said white guy somewhere in there. Caught me really <laughs> off guard. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope, I really hope he's, I really hope he said white guy. <laughs> I did it. Oh my god! Because I was I was trying to think like not JJ Redick. There wasn't anything for him. I was just trying to think of all the great white people from Duke, but it just Justice Winslow, who's just not white. Anyway, all right, we all we all composed now. Okay. No, Uh, we're just just out of this just out of this uh, off season or just. Mm-hmm. Um. Ah, uh, I hate to say this, but that's what I had. De'Aaron Fox. What? What? Why? The only two things. One, or first of all, I want to say I love De'Aaron Fox. I think he's like he should be really good. But being in Sacramento, his development got completely stunted. Even if you could say that they did well in his development in Sacramento. Um, but yeah, Swiper seems like a great person. Love him as a basketball player. Very intelligent, very energetic. But the two things are one, sophomore season and what was last year's, like his third season, I think, were just very underwhelming compared to 
his rookie season where he uh, picked it up towards towards the end and had very, very, very good flashes. And the second thing is injury. Not as in he's had a lot of injuries, not as in I wish an injury on him or he's going to, but if he does get injured, he's very, very, very dependent on his explosiveness and his and his quick first step and any injury to be so He was talking about career. that with Harrison Barnes on the JJ Reddick podcast, who's coincidentally a white guy from Duke who shoots a lot of threes. And he was talking about how Harrison Barnes <laughs> was obviously such a high flyer when he was with the Warriors as a rookie in his first few years, constantly going up and trying to dunk on people. And he was saying how that takes such a toll on your body that you can't be that explosive if you want to have some longevity in the NBA. So, and that's why Harrison Barnes hasn't been nearly mm-hmm. as high-flying with Sacramento as he was with Golden State. And I completely understand that. But this contract is, I think, going to pay off the least because it's not about De'Aaron Fox, as you said. I think it's just about the team around him. Because in order for this contract, mm-hmm. I think, to work, Sacramento has to build a formidable roster around De'Aaron Fox. And this could easily become what happens to Marcus Cousins. Superstar, give him a big contract, but fail to build a playoff team around him. He ends up obviously getting disgruntled, and he's out of there. So the Kings just have to figure out a way to build around Fox because that's clearly what their intentions are. And well, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. unless you're thinking differently, I'm just thinking I th- they just oh, drafted Tyrese a point Hall- guard. Okay. So let's, I mean, let's we'll talk technically about that guard Tyrese Hall because I think first of all that was an absolute mm-hmm. steal at what was it twelve for the Kings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter what your position on needs are, well, Toppin nixed that. Even though I'm very happy with Hobie Toppin. We got Emmanuel well, quickly because um, he's from Kentucky. Uh, yes. Uh, also, and also, he's a good point guard. Um, if you get a chance to watch his uh, slam day in the life, please do. He is an amazing kid who I think Knicks fans will fall in love with if he pans out. I'd definitely look out for him. Okay, one second. While we're transitioning, so the Justice, I hate to bring this up, but it's just dying in my mind. It was six first-round picks, including four first-rounders, um, to the Charlotte Hornets to move up ninth in the draft, who I guess at one point uh, I traded it to the Heat or something, or he ends up with the Heat as a draft pick. But the Hornets um, turned down turned it down uh, to draft Frank Kaminsky. Oh, so they drafted – they wanted the ninth pick to get Winslow. Didn't happen. Winslow goes 10th, and they pick Frank Kaminsky. So just think about it. Frank Kaminsky or the entirety of the current Celtics roster? I mean, I do have family members that went to Wisconsin. Stop. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Emmanuel, Emmanuel yeah, I think he was, he was a shooter at Kentucky. That was his main skill. Definitely could 
mm-hmm. help the Knicks with mm-hmm. that. I mean, obviously having Alfred Payton, who yeah. might be the only point guard on NBA 2K that has a, I think, a D minus three pointer. And certainly Dennis Smith Jr., who I think was the worst player in the NBA last year. I'm I'm serious. Stop. Literally every time he was on the floor, the Knicks somehow got worse. (laughs) Will, I'm I'm being serious. He might have been the worst player in the entire NBA. Yeah, I mean... Uh, to be honest, I just got a call right then, so my headphone just cut out, so I did not catch what you just said. I'm just saying, I think Dennis Smith was the worst player in the NBA last year, and I think Emmanuel quickly can certainly be an upgrade over him. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Alfred Payton. If Alfred Payton continues with his haircut hey, he's, hey, uh, he's, routine, he shaved it. Alfred, Pay- Alfred Payton with a haircut? Very good. Well, his three-pointer certainly has yet to see improvement. I was saying how I think he's the only point guard, I think, on NBA 2K with a D-minus three-pointer. Yeah, that's rough. And uh, Frank Nilakina, honestly, it just all the young guys on the Knicks just need to play. They just need minutes. Because the one thing that frustrated me the most about last season with the Knicks, excuse my Knicks spiel, but I, I just have to let this – I just have to get this off my chest. The, one, the biggest problem I had last year – is that the guys that were getting a majority a majority of the minutes were guys like Julius Randle and Marcus Morris and Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis. We need the mm-hmm. to get the young guys on the court and playing most of the game. That means mm-hmm. Nilakina, Knox, Barrett, Robinson, the guys we drafted to hopefully build a team around in the future, and we didn't even play those guys – 25 minutes except maybe rj barrett so mm-hmm. i just think it's it has to be about just player development over these next couple of seasons just let these guys play let them figure out their game and hopefully the garden can be rocking again like it was during when sanity in 2012 just remember you didn't make the finals that year because <laughs> we ran into the freaking pacers Actually, that was twenty third. Actually, that was twenty thirteen. The PG twenty four Pacers. He was so good. Um, Anywho, we were talking about <laughs> De'Aaron Fox. Wor- yes, worst max con or I would call this a max. The my my least favorite max extension. Yeah, they have to they have to build a good roster around Fox in order for this to to work out. But obviously, yeah. I wish all the best for De'Aaron Fox. Because I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. All right, let's transition. Another burning question: How many contenders got substantially better over the off season? Uh, entire the off season, a whole bunch. Because I think actually, a whole bunch of people made great actually, moves you know in what? the draft. Let's just stick to free agency, just based on free agent signings. Okay. How many? How many contenders uh, got better? Let's see. Rockets got better. Are you putting them in contender um, range? Uh, I, Rockets every year are required to be contenders, but everyone knows in the back of their mind they aren't. They just they have right, to put I'll, them I'll in let there. You, I'll let you throw them in there. Um, let's see. Ooh, Lakers. Oh, my God. 
Lakers made such good moves because they didn't have to wait to see what was going on with Kawhi Leonard. <clears throat> yes, Anthony Davis hasn't signed yet. So, I mean, not that it depends if Anthony Davis is going to sign. He's obviously going to sign, but just for how long. I should be like, but, F this. Um, I want to go to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go team up with my buddy Gordon Hayward and LeMelon Paul. And you know what? We're going to bring the East crumbling down. And Charlotte, the most intriguing free agent destination <laughs> in all of the NBA. What do you have? I don't have anything Charlotte? against Charlotte. It's just a small market team that has been <laughs> mediocre for a very long time. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? No one hurt me. I don't have anything against Charlotte. I think it will be very interesting to see mm-hmm. them, especially because Lamella Ball. You know what? I want to get to Charlotte later. Let's focus on. How many contenders got better? Okay. You were saying the Lakers. Okay, how many, Anthony uh, Lakers. Davis. Yes. Lakers. Well, Lakers get Montrez Harrell. They get, um, I mean, obviously isn't, uh, whatever, I was talking about whole offseason because it's not to do with the draft, but Dennis Schroeder as well. Great pickup. Um, uh, Mark Gasol, that, that's a very, very nice addition. And then they picked up someone for three and D, or West at least Matthews. one of those two. Yes, someone else though. Um, gosh darn it! Is it a white guy from Duke um, that can shoot threes? Perhaps um, Justice Winslow. No, I swear to God, no. Um, I'm I'm looking now. Okay. I don't but, think, yeah, Lakers. I don't think there was another one, but keep going. Lake, Lakers got better. Even though the Celtics lost, uh, even though they lost you know, Cantor and uh, uh, Gordon Hayward, I think that they, I would argue that they improved. I think addition of Jeff T is great. Um, which is really all they had to do was just find a backup point guard. Because no offense to Brad Wanamaker, but every time I saw him take the court in the bubble, I cringed. Yeah, he was like fine, but like, it's um, like is this really our second best point guard? Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Um. Oh, uh, the one thing with the Lakers, too bad they weren't able to get rid of the. Uh, Luol Deng thing. Is that still on their books? Mm-hmm. Luol Deng will be riding out into the glorious sunset after the most God, mediocre this, this crew. It's like a but, Bobby Benilla. The Mets. Yeah. I'm going to mention my Warriors once. Your, your one time Warriors? Only. You own the team? My Warriors. I, I actually am a minor stakeholder. I'm kidding. Um, Talk about your favorite NBA but, team, the Warriors. Yes. Uh, without uh, getting completely sentimental, breakdown, and crying, as I almost did when I heard oh, the clay injury. It, I, I was not able to work on any material for class. Sorry, whatever teacher I had. I don't even remember the class period. I just I went dark. I think he has the highest approval rating um, out of any player in the NBA. 
he does. He earns like mine. if he someone my if player. someone said like I, like I don't like Clay Thompson or like I effing hate Clay Thompson, be like why? I probably not be their friend. And, yeah, be I'd like, just be like, leave, get out. leave my leave. house. <laughs> I've always thought about this, like, who of the NBA players, like, could go into any bar scenario, because I'm considering people are not in the greatest sense of mind, like, who would be the most beloved? At one point, it was Giannis, but I don't know, anytime that someone gets to that level of a superstar, some people hate him just because. But Clay Thompson has always been in that conversation and will never no. leave that conversation. And he just rehabbed for 17 months just to spend at least another 12 it's, without it's, touching. It's awful. It, it's bad. It's so bad. Okay. Go, go back anyway, to the though. Celtic or mm-hmm. whoever you were talking about. I don't want to trigger any anxiety or depression. The Warriors. Yes, you're talking about, I'm the, talking Warriors. about the Warriors. Um, Warriors getting Kelly Oubre. Uh, great addition uh, through the use of their trade exception. I don't really think they made another big moves. I mean, I liked the draft selections a lot, but I think that uh, Kelly Uber move helps a lot. Um, obviously, Brooklyn Nets, I mentioned Landry Shamit, great addition. But that was wow. Who? They did the not Bucks get better. did not. You would say. Yeah, that's – and because that Giannis deal hasn't gone through. If, if Giannis, if Giannis oh, sounds um, super nice, that's Mac- an automatic win for the Bucs. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another Bucs extension I don't think we mentioned was Bam Adebayo, which has Giannis, according to reports, loving that the Heat were able to do that. And said that it was a great way to take care of your players. guys. Like guys, like guys, like the Heat. I don't know what he's hinting at. I don't know. Uh, plus, there is no income tax in. There Florida. is no income tax in Florida. Saying making a lot more, making a lot more money. Um. But yeah. Oh, uh, Miami oh. Heat also got better. Uh, they added. Yep. Aren't they the ones who picked up Avery Bradley? And then they got someone they else. They get too. someone else who I am blanking on, but I will definitely remember it's it not, at one in the morning. It's not Justice Winslow. Nor John Shea. Oh, I know. Anyway, I want to double click on the Bucks before I get to teams that I think got better. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are mm-hmm. cramming. For a test that they did not study for. Oh, never mind. They did get better. They got Drew Holiday. So I don't know whether the Bucks did get better because here's here's why they're cramming for a test they didn't study for because they gave up the farm to get Drew Holiday. Like the picks that are going to come to fruition in that deal are fourteen year olds that are shooting hoops in their driveway right now. So. I don't think we can really judge this deal until we probably have kids. Mm-hmm. So that's up in the air. The whole Bogdanovich thing was a disaster. That's like the Bucks getting caught cheating on the test yeah. pretty much. And the worst part yeah. is Bogdanovich would have raised the Bucks ceiling like so high. 
Like, it was so high. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine a lineup with him. Just a quick what if. Him, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. Like, that's a that, – not, not a bad lineup. Very – a lot better than not bad. But oh, – was oh, and whenever Dante DiVincenzo, who was supposed to be in the deal, whenever he misses a shot or – Mm-hmm. Or does something that hurts the Bucks. Bucks fans are gonna be like, Bogdanovich would have made that. Bogdan Bogdanovich would have made that play. Yeah, but at the same, at the same time, you're getting Drew Holiday. Anytime that Drew Holiday makes a layup, you're going Eric Bledsoe is not making that, especially in the playoffs. Fun fact: Divincenzo's nickname is the Michael Jordan of Delaware. The only reason we can say that is because there's not a whole lot of people that um, come from How Delaware. about the president, Mr. Sir? And, um... Ah, basketball yes. player. Well, I'm a basketball player. Right. Anyway, the Michael Jordan of Delaware. I don't think you'll catch Kevin Harlan calling him that mm-hmm. anytime soon, but that would be very funny. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast they- and listen for an hour they- and seven they- minutes and be they- like, oh my god, that is... That is what I'm going to do on the next TNT broadcast. I'm going to call Dante DiVincenzo when he hits his first three-pointer, the Michael Jordan of Delaware. Anywho, they, Drew Holiday certainly brings a lot more stability to the one than Eric Bledsoe and mm-hmm. George Hill did, with all due respect to those two. However, when it, it's crunch time, what is the starting five that Mike Budenholzer is going to throw out there? You got Giannis, Chris Middleton, probably, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, probably. Who is number five? Um, you're either going with DiVincenzo, who we just mentioned, or Pat Connerton, the he white man who can jump. He can jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pat Connaughton had a couple of stretches in the playoffs where he was playing really well. I think he hit five threes in a row at one point, and that was the only Bucks game that I watched during the playoffs, and it was the greatest Bucks game that they I watched got during the playoffs. Demolished. Um, while the men from South Beach. Mm-mm. It was uh, oh, first the, round. Um, but magic, yes, magic. Oh, what, what do they do? <laughs> I don't know. I just we didn't mention them in the East. When are they ever mentioned? Might make the playoffs. Nothing against the Magic. I don't know. They they try really the, hard. I respect that. The but... Orlando the Orlando Magic the past five years are always the best NBA team through the first five. Is years. Is that an actual? Don't know what happens. I can those, verify right now. I I. You could verify that they are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly good in the first five games because they always shoot up power rankings and then everyone realizes that it's the Orlando Magic. And then oh, my God, you're right. I remember – I, well, I don't know if but, it was last year or two years ago. They were like sixth. And I was like, what the hell? I think they beat uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland when LeBron was still there. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they are guys. so good. Sleeper NBA mm-hmm. championship contender right here in the Orlando Magic. And 
Yeah, those the two things I always look out for in the beginning of the NBA season are the Atlanta Orlando Magic being incredibly good and Andre Drummond on rec or on pace to break <laughs> some sort of rebounding record. He always averages about twenty through the first five games. And I wish he could just keep uh, that would up be for so, at least the, 10. Uh, like yeah, the staff projections would be hilarious on that. Anyway, the yeah. Bucks. The fifth starting guy, mm-hmm. it's a toss up. They got Tory Craig, too, from uh from the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're not they also got all of Tory Nick, Bobby Portis, Mister Isolation Post Fade, Mister Breaker Draw in the Middle. Oh my practice. gosh, I forgot that happened. How? <laughs> I think Will yes, he, he did Miritich? on uh, on Chicago. He he is yes he is oh, he is allegedly an intense guy. When I was reading up on uh, when the Knicks signed him, I was reading up on him. He it, there was that, and there was I think like Dwayne Wade when he was on the Bulls for about two and a half minutes. He was like, guys, I don't like your effort. And then Bobby Portis just stood up and went on a verbal firestorm, saying to like never question his effort. But uh, he will certainly bring that to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You got DJ Augustine, who mm-hmm. immediately makes your team worse on defense if you put him out there. And they also got they also got they still DJ got Wilson. DJ Wait, Wilson? No, no. DJ Wilson went somewhere else. He's not on the Bucks anymore. I don't know where he went, but he is not on the Bucks anymore. He was so good. Oh my! Yes, he was good at Michigan. I remember that. And they also got they got Bryn Forbes, who's fine, but I don't think he'll be playing crunch time minutes. And then they got Kyle Korver. So I forgot I, the guy honest, Korver. Or still have him? Or he? So is yeah, on I honestly don't know who the fifth starting option is, but we'll have to. See. I don't. I think the Bucks' grade for this offseason is TBD. Because it's going to take some time to see if their choices actually will come to fruition. It's also also based on Giannis. Giannis. As I'm refreshing refreshing (laughs) Woj's page, which currently has Giannis pinned at the top, but it has to do with him and his draft story. I don't really care about his draft story right now. now. Well, just wait till the Adrian Wojnarowski Twitter account reveals that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to the Charlotte Hornets. Are you going to say New York Knicks? Anyway, but yes, yeah, he for, would, I mean, I, I what do you have against, against Charlotte? Charlotte? I just like that. We've taken this joke have you ever, have you and ever, used it several times. <laughs> have you ever been I have to been North Carolina to or Charlotte? It is a very nice city. I've enjoyed my time in Charlotte. I have, I have nothing <laughs> against the city. Charlotte's great. It's a very nice town. And North Carolina as a whole. I wasn't you were just a, attacking. I, was, I, I wouldn't you, call this. You were attacking them. I wouldn't you call this attacking. Any, I'm just saying a small market team who's been mediocre and has yet to prove they're an attractive free agent destination because they just paid Gordon Hayward $30 million a year for four years. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, I'm, we're we're gonna go do some research on what happened to you and Charlotte. <laughs> like, 
Did someone like Grayson? Grayson Allen gave me a really impassioned speech. Do basketball camp (laughs) before or after tripping? It was. It was was after, and the kid right behind me asked asked him about the first one against. Mm -hmm. I think it was Elon. He was like, "Man, that tripping incident against that guy. What was that all about?" And the entire camp was like, "Oh." Oh, oh. And Grace now like just pretended he couldn't <laughs> hear him, and then Nolan Smith took the microphone. He was like competitiveness, and then we they just moved on, and we we were we were all just acting like a bunch of angry reporters who didn't like the answer he just gave. But it was it was a time. Anyway, North Carolina, lovely place. Charlotte, lovely place. I have nothing in Charlotte. That's all I'm saying. All right. Okay. Thanks. To the contenders that got better, I want to add the Portland Trailblazers to that list. Mm-hmm. Some additions, Robert Covington, Ennis Cantor, Derek Jones Jr., Rodney Hood, Harry Giles. I want to talk about – did I miss somebody? Uh, you just mentioned a whole bunch of people that they gave extensions to because Harry Giles, Harry Giles was already was there. And I thought they moved on from Rod- – oh, you're right. And then who's the guy – never mind. Portland's got too many centers well, with a whole bunch of injuries. Thing, so what? Oh my god. I just realized that. Sorry. But every there's been so many centers that have come through Portland that are just injury riddled. You got Nurkic, Harry Giles, Greg Odin. Or two, um, actually. But okay. So Robert Covington gives the Blazers an extra wing scorer and a great defender that they lacked last year mm-hmm. when Trevor Reza sat out the bubble and that forced guys like Mello and Gary Trent Jr. to play important minutes. Which they – Gary Trent Jr. showed out. He was oh awesome. And then God, Carmelo Anthony was, so was good. surprisingly good. But Robert mm-hmm. Coverton – Could they just re- – And they, they, they also resign. resigned, which was great for Portland. Covington just gives them a mm-hmm. little more stability at, I guess, the other two or the three. And as Cantor gives them, mm-hmm. obviously, an extra big body down low and another piece that was on the 2019 Western Finals team. We saw with Nurkic in the bubble how thin they were down low, especially against the Lakers, because Zach Collins was hurt. I mean, Whiteside wasn't awesome. Mm-hmm. And Yusuf Nurkic looked like he was going to pass yeah. out after five minutes of every single game. But <laughs> my man continued to work. Props to him for, for that. He always gets hurt in the playoffs. Or right before Are you talking the about playoffs, Nurkic? I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Nurkic. Because I know, uh, if I remember correctly, the bubble actually held to them out because he wasn't supposed I think to so. come back or something. Okay. Anyway. Derek Jones just got Jr. There, brings a little great. bit of defense in the annual highlight poster for cheap. Or just and ridiculous does a, that He does a, does a throw leaning back throw as dunk. Odell. Um, Rodney Hood, exactly. they re-signed. Gets him back from injury and another piece from the 2019 team. And then Harry Giles, again, coming from a pretty terrible development mm-hmm. situation in uh, Sacramento. And another guy I like that Duke, who hasn't exactly panned out yet, but I certainly think he has an opportunity here in Portland. And the one thing I – what's up? If I remember correctly, you can't say that you liked him at Duke because I don't really think he's played a game at Duke. My bad. High school. 
But he did. He did go to Duke yeah, for but went to Duke. two minutes. He showed up. He to showed his, up to his classes. He showed up to his Great classes. Student. Anyway, that's what we like to see. Student athlete. Student comes first. The Blazers now have a very flexible roster because they can do a lot of different things with their lineup. They can go big. They can put in Collins and Urkic and Covington at the same time, or they can go small with. Say Lillard, McCollum, mm-hmm. maybe throw in Trent Jr. and Covington, and that's still a formidable lineup. And I think this is definitely the most talented team Damian Lillard and mm-hmm. CJ McCollum have had around them. And according to Lillard and McCollum, especially Lillard, he wants to stay there. He wants to stay in Portland and build a championship contender oh, yeah. out of them. So uh, don't be shocked if they end up with mm-hmm. the two or three seed in the West, even if they jump the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Trailblazers played really well previous year. They got themselves a three seed or four seed. Played really well last year to get themselves into the bubble. He was, he was playing at like sixty percent the whole time and was still getting buckets. Yeah, he. I there were multiple games where he didn't make a three because you could tell that something just wasn't right. No, absolutely not. So I certainly think the Blazers had a great off season. And they also might be a lead pass team as mm-hmm. long as health isn't a isn't a factor. All right, last last burning question mm-hmm. that I want to get out of here. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. What exactly? Mm-hmm. Actually, we mentioned them a lot. What are the Hornets' plan for the next few years? Like, what's the goal here, based on their free agent signings? Well. From uh, Quentin's favorite city, the city of Charlotte, um, I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Um, Michael Jordan, great on the court, horrible off the court. Uh, There are conspiracy theories that he's the reason that Kwame Brown turned into Kwame Brown. Uh, But, yeah, he – the problem with him running a franchise is that we learned from the last dance that Jordan does not like to lose. And there are some times as a general manager, even though we're not supposed to call it tanking, you might want to put in your young players who aren't really ready yet to take like uh, a bigger role, more time, so that you end up losing more games to get more young players. Because that is how you get better. I mean, yes. Uh, that's true. I don't think. Dude, Thibodeau's gonna Thibodeau's gonna yeah. want to win games. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I'm just saying your team isn't gonna last with Thibodeau. Thibodeau is about to give someone 40 minutes a game. He's gonna say no, and Thibodeau's gonna put like a gun to their head and just say, Damn. "Get on the court." Oh yeah, yeah. That guy I, I is know. Tense. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. Back to the back to the Hornets. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, draft-wise, thought they did great. I mean, you got LaMelo Ball. Um, free agency-wise, you got Gordon Hayward. Okay. And no one else that really stands out. Okay. And you weren't, you're not really supposed to make the playoffs for the next two years, especially with a very young point guard because point guards hit their prime or start to hit their prime uh, about at least three years they need, maybe four, um, to really hit their stride and to learn how everything's run. So at that point, 
you might as well just lose a lot of games to get better draft picks because if you guys are going to continue to be the in-and-out eight seed as you have been for the last decade and then some, other than the one year that they sucked and won seven games. Um, you're going to have to stop doing that because it's just another Detroit Pistons situation. They're just constantly mediocre. And this offseason just I saw just a TikTok where that. it was like, the Hornets lineup next year is kind of stacked. You got LaMelo Ball, Devontae Graham, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, and Cody Zeller. I'm like, all right, the, the first four, yeah, I get that. But ch- chill out on Cody Zeller. I forgot. I always forget about Devontae Graham. And the most improved player award also forgot about him, too, because he should have at least gotten I, votes, if I not the entire agree. award. I think he got a little bit. I, Luka Doncic even said, like, give the trophy to Devontae Graham. Like, just the leap he made from yeah. last year. This was amazing. Yeah. And that's also why in our black and white NBA mock draft, which you can check out on the black and white.net, even though it's way past the draft, we had Charlotte taking Onyeka Kongwu because. A, the, the point guard was the one thing Charlotte actually had going for them a little bit last year in Devontae Graham's blossoming. And second of mm-hmm. all, I totally thought Michael Jordan wouldn't take LaMelo Ball just because LaVar said he could beat him one-on-one. Uh, just so they can play one-on-one. Take him for that reason. All just right, we well, and then humiliate. Michael Jordan gave them a thumbs up to take Ball and that speculation ended but um yeah i think this hornets team Mm -hmm. is just playing for an eight seed even though they're the first four guys before cody zeller certainly have playoff potential unless cody zeller proves me wrong Mm -hmm. this team is just gonna be it's gonna be Um, weird because lamella ball is a very erratic player he'll have games where he'll look like Pete Maravich, but he'll also have games where he's just unplayable because he's either jacking up 30-footers with 17 seconds left in the shot clock or taking really weird floaters or take, or taking really weird floaters or trying to make a flashy pass that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't really know what the Hornets yeah. are doing, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, they also got they do have Terry uh, I've also Rozier. got Terry Rozier. So back of my back of my mind, I'm just thinking that every single year they're just going to try to poach a player off the Celtics, and eventually they will have a Celtics roster. It just won't. Yeah, be they'll, they'll just somehow the make the Celtics worse, just in Charlotte Hornets uniforms. Will, yep, it's been a pleasure talking NBA with you. Always has, mm-hmm. always will be. Thank you for coming on. Make sure to check out the blackandwhite.net. Still got You're some welcome. awesome stories going up. And also check out Whitman's satire site, the rutabaga.net. It is Walt Women High School's version of The Onion. It is hilarious. I highly recommend you go check it out. Another pod will be coming hopefully on Monday with a special guest. Yes, very special Ooh. guest. He is a professional in the sports media industry. So stay tuned for that. Will, go have yourself a mm-hmm. relaxing, nice and calm Friday night. No homework, hopefully, until next week. 
when we will definitely be hitting the ground running in school. I, I, I keep saying this every year. The period from right after Thanksgiving until winter break in school is definitely the most chaotic. Can you back me up on that statement? Just a lot of schoolwork. What do you mean by chaotic? Uh, yeah. I mean, the problem with winter break is it's like, ah, it seems like I'm done with the quarter. So any grades that I had to secure, even if you didn't have to secure, just any grades should be done. And then you just got that is, that the is longer haul of to the 21st. Uh, quick plug, uh, if you are from Whitman, currently listening to this podcast, go buy a yearbook. Why? Because it's a yearbook. It will have a whole bunch of things commemorating this year, this very weird year that we've had in school, including senior portraits, uh, possible selfies from all of you guys, which you have submitted, hopefully. Uh, go buy a yearbook ad, all of you seniors. And uh, go subscribe to the black and white because if you're not subscribed, uh, you're, you're not dead to me. Subscribe to the black and white, you're gonna turn into a goomba. Will, thanks for coming thanks on. Go enjoy your Friday night. As always, stay stay safe. Wear a mask in public. Enjoy yourself. Take yes. care.